What's going on on this Thursday, March 15th, 2018? Hello, everyone. Hope everybody's doing good here. Taz Show, thank you for listening live on the Radio.com app or maybe at TazShow.com, maybe on ActualRadio.com from a laptop or a desktop uh, or a phone. You could do that on the Radio.com. Maybe you didn't use the app. You're on Radio.com. Maybe you're doing it on a tablet. I don't know. Maybe you're doing it on a tablet. You could be doing that. I'm done with the tablets. Could be. I don't know. But uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys. Maybe listen to the podcast version, Audio On Demand, AOD Jones. Maybe you're doing that at iTunes or Spotify or TuneIn or Radio.com or TashShow.com. Appreciate all the love. You guys know that. Appreciate the love. Uh, there will be no Facebook Live today. Not happening? Not today. Sorry. Uh, next. So, um... Yes, I have Seth here, the producer of the Taz Show. He's rocking and rolling. Uh, Seth, uh, good afternoon. Uh, uh, good afternoon, good evening, good night. And good moment. Uh, yes, so, uh, yes, uh, uh, interesting. Uh, going to talk about a topic here in this episode uh, about selling, about wrestlers selling. And, you know, like, when is selling too much? When is it too far? When is it uh, quasi-uncomfortable? So we'll, we'll cover that in this particular show. Um, we'll talk about what's on tap for Friday's throwback snack. We'll get into that a little later on. And um, also, a uh, quick tidbit, if I have time later, talk about CM Punk returning to the UFC. Uh, we'll talk about that. And also, the question of Vince McMahon. Uh, before Vince uh, you know, uh, leaves us, should he be put in the Hall of Fame? Uh, should, 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 will that happen? Uh, thoughts on that. So hopefully we have time to get to all these topics uh, first and foremost, uh, I will get into this first topic of the selling. So uh, this is, uh, if you watched Shane McMahon uh, on SmackDown, you saw Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Basically, you know, we saw, we saw we heard you know Shane say, hey, look, I'm going to uh, uh, indefinite leave of absence, so, for lack of better terms, whatever he said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, He's going aside or whatever, and next week Daniel Bryan will be running the show for SmackDown in character, right? So they had Sami Zayn and uh, and Kevin Owens come out, and basically, you know, uh, Shane said, "Look, I'm gonna, uh, these two guys here, um, Owens and uh, Sami Zayn, are going to wrestle each other at WrestleMania." And then they came out, the heels came out pissed off, so. Um, and Shane had a good line. He's look, I'm giving you the ultimate opportunity. I mean, the granddaddy of them all. You're going to the freaking you know WrestleMania to wrestle each other. That's big. Blah 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 blah. And they got pissed, you know, because they don't want to fight each other. And let's be honest, from a fan perspective, we've seen these guys wrestle each other a million times. But they have great matches. But it's like you know, I mean, they're just going into another Sammy and Kevin Owens match from a different angle. But it's at WrestleMania, so good for these two guys. They both deserve it. So and I'm fans. I'm a fan of both their work, but. That's not what this is about. So what this is about is what happened after that. The heels got pissed off, and um, from behind, I think it was Sami Zayn who kicked Shane in the back of the head while while Shane was talking to Kevin Owens. Shane made the mistake of turning his back <clears throat> to one of these heels, 
but they did it kind of smooth. It didn't make Shane look stupid. It was well done, uh, that, 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 you know, because that's one of the things you want to be careful. You don't want to just turn your back on your opponent, you know, and especially if they're heels like these two guys, you know, Zane and Owens. They're rabid, nasty, mean heels, right? And they do a good job of – the WWE does a good job of <clears throat> getting them over like that, and they both – both those wrestlers do a good job of performing as rabid, nasty scumbag heels. <clears throat> so uh, Shane, you know, could have looked like a jabroni if he just turned around and stuff like really bad and turned his back, and it wasn't done. It was kind of like smooth the way it happened. And Sammy was quick with the shot to the back of that. So real quick, subtle thing, just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit for you here. You know, if you're a heel, you always, you know, I mean, not always. It's an exaggeration when I say always. So you want to try your best in situations like this to hit your prey from behind, attack from behind, because that's the most scumbag thing for anybody to do. So if you're a heel, you want to do a scumbag maneuver. And that's hitting someone when they can't see you. So uh, this just happened. Uh, just a quick side note: uh, my my son, as you guys, well, as you guys know, he's, he plays college lacrosse, and you know, one of his teammates. Uh, it was after a play, and he got. They thought the other team thought that my son's teammate hit this kid late <clears throat> after he shot on goal, and he didn't hit him late. The kid actually fell, and then my son's teammate kind of fell on him. So if you turn, once everybody's looked at the shot, they see the kid miss the goal. They turn, they see the, the shooter is down on his belly, and one of our guys is on top of him. It looked like he killed him, and he didn't even touch him. He just fell on him because the kid tripped him when he fell forward. Regardless, the kid, our guy got up, and two of their guys just, this is dead ball time, they just attack him from behind. They hit him from behind. Nasty. The flags are flying. My son's right there. And whew, he brought it. Oh, yeah. Homeboy brought it. Proud of the kid. Stood up for his teammate. And, you know, he he got um, he spent a few minutes in the box. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he got a three-minute penalty. <laughs> so uh, a three-minute penalty is a long time. And, and. You know, one of his coaches was upset with him. He said, listen, coach, I'll do that 10 out of 10 times. He hit my teammate. Not only did he cheap shot him, he hit him from behind. That's a reaction. Too. Yeah, and he goes, I, I got to do what I got to do. I'm defending myself and my teammate. And it was a big, big fight. It was a big fight, you know, because, you know, his bench is cleared. And the head coach, at least, was cool with him. He says, listen, you, you defend your teammate. Let's be smart. But still, you know, you know, it's the end of the game. We won the game anyway. We're winning by a lot, so it didn't matter. The reason why I'm telling that story really quick, not to bore people with a lacrosse story, but just because – it was the situation of he hit him from behind. That made it worse, and it was a real sucker shot. So that's what heels want to do, right, in, in the world of pro wrestling. You want to hit someone from behind. In the street, there's no rules. I grew up where if you're going to be in a street fight with someone or something like that, there's no such thing as a cheap shot. There's no such thing as, oh, you don't fight fair. No, when you grow up the right way, and the way my dad raised me and my brother, there is no fair fights. You fight dirty. You hit people from behind in real life if you have to fight someone. It might sound weird to some of you, but that's just telling you, bring it a little back behind how, how I grew up. You reminded me of, uh, you know, Paulie Malignaggi had that stuff with Conor McGregor, and, and on Twitter said, oh, Conor were killing a street fight. He goes, well, Paulie goes, where I come from, we use bats. Yeah, so. no, it's, there's no, there's no such thing. He's right. right. There's no <laughs> such thing as a fair fight. Like, there, you, there shouldn't be. In the street, you don't want to fight anyway. I, my fighting days are over, but... You, if you got, you know, someone did something back when I was younger and I was a kid growing coming up, you know, and you knew something was bad and the kid did something towards a family member or towards your house or one of your best friends, 
you know, maybe it happens that you attack this man, this kid from behind. That's what you used to say. Watch your back. That's that's the expression, and it's for a good reason. So that's all heelisms which you bring into pro wrestling. So that's what happened here, what they did well. And we've seen it done a million times in pro wrestling where guys hit other guys from behind or women hit women from behind. <clears throat> and that's the right way to do it. So I want to just pull that back for you and show you that. But the crux of what I want to talk about is the amount of heat that we saw Sammy and Kevin put on Shane, you know, and Shane's selling. Now, he's selling because if you didn't see it, they took a steel chair and they put it over his head and the opening of the chair, like where your lower back would be exposed, and they rammed him to the ring post, which the chair hits Shane in the throat and esophagus right there in your windpipe. And Shane sold that for quite some time as they still got heat on him. It was a great spot. We've seen this spot in the business before. It's not an easy spot to do. It's dangerous. Um, Shane was okay, from what I understand. But he sold it great. Like, he couldn't breathe, and he kept doing that. And backstage, too. Now, uh, I saw it. I know, you, Seth, you saw it. Uh, Seth, I know offline you told me you had a problem with it as a dad, right? Now, just why don't you explain to the people here listening, like, what, what your problem is with it? Well, my 10-year-old watches with me sometimes. He wasn't watching this, though. He was in bed. And... um. Hey, look, I, I grew up watching ECW, I think the most you know violent and growing up in the 70s and 80s, all the blood. So that, that doesn't bother me personally. But now we've talked about this in the past, that WWE is now marketing towards younger to kids right. a lot. So and even my 10-year-old now will see something. He's like, oh, is he really hurt? What's going on? Right. You know? And I'm not an expert, but I can make an educated guess right. based on being a fan for a long time. Right. But with this, I, I wouldn't want him to see it because I thought... Shane was almost too good. He was selling too good. For me, it didn't bother me, but I wouldn't want my 10-year-old to see that. Like Shane was like, he looked terrible. He was making right. these noises. Like, he was wheezing. Right. And he was it, wheezing. It, it, was, yeah. it was great what he did, but yeah. I, do I want my kid to see that? I, I don't, I really what don't. What time was it? I mean, it was, no, it was late. So it was late. I, I, see, that's my point, because you said your, your kid was sleeping. Yeah. See, that's the thing, and I could tell you guys from working behind the scenes there for a lot of years, like that's <clears throat> stuff that you're going to do that's either – well, back then they were doing more stuff that had a little bit more of a sexy Jones connotation. You know what I mean? Like a little sexy city, you know, type thing with some of the divas back in the day. Uh, the girls now looked at as athletes, which is good. It's a big change of the way things are done. So that kind of stuff would be on usually later, closer to the 10 p.m. When there was something that was heavy violence, that would be on closer to 10 p.m. This is when SmackDown was on until 10, like, you know. Let's well, what SmackDown. So it, on, it is on until 10, right? It was on I'm late. It was raw, last raw, 15 11. minutes yeah. or so. So that's why it's on late, because they know it is graphic. It's heavy. They are going a little edgier lately, too. Um, I have no problem with... What, now, my son is obviously older, but I have no problem with this from a parental perspective because they put it on late. And there was no blood. There's, there's no... You know, there wasn't. Oh, there was a weapon involved. He used the, the heels used a weapon around the guy's head, neck. It wasn't like they hit him with the steel chair. It wasn't like they hit him with a bat with barbed wire on it. You know, it was violent. And what made it, what put it over the top for you, right, was the way Shane sold it. Yes, and that's Shane doing his job. And I know you know that, but that's that's the topic, right? When is it too far? You know, I, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't know, uh, as far as selling, if you could ever sell too far, in my opinion. <clears throat> I watched it twice. Um, I, I never was a good seller, and I've talked about that a lot. I, I tried, I sucked at it. But so someone say, "Ah, oh, hell, could Taz talk about selling?" Well, I'm talking about selling 
uh, where wrestlers are selling uh, from a promotional standpoint, what you're putting out to the audience as a viewer perspective, uh, and what they try to convey, the message the company tries to convey when they have a guy do a spot like this, even though it's Vince's son, it doesn't matter. He's a performer at that moment because he's getting his ass kicked and he's got, you know, the, the Zane and Owens all over him. I had no problem with it, Seth. I think that he sold it the right way, a, a good, unique sell with that wheezing. It sounded bad. It looked bad the way they shot. Now, now, it was backstage. Again, if you didn't see this, the stuff by the ring was in the ring, and then it was backstage, the attack it continued. And they dragged him back. They dragged him back, yeah. right. That's what I mean. And then he and then he was wheezing. They did like what they do, like a power bomb on the equipment gearbox or something like that. They think they, they, they did something. It was like on some racks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they had racks, yeah. and they took a hard bump on that and was wheezing still from his throat. So in his eyes, he had his eyes bugged out. He didn't oversell it was an uncomfortable sell, to your point, Seth. But, you know, that helps business. That's good for business. Now, if they did that at 8 o'clock and kids are watching, you know, I get it. Look, I mean, they're trying to put on a product and they're trying to appease many different genres. You know, 18 to 40, you know, guys that are 55, you know, kids that are 12, you know. There's that the range is insane of their demographic. You know, it's insane. So you you can't go too little because then the base of their audience, which is people buying the WWE Network, which they're for the most part, let's be honest, they're placating trying to the hardcore audience, which is mostly not young kids. So they can't insult those people because they've done enough of that and they still do at times. So with something like this, I think they got to go a little more hardcore. You know what I mean? And one thing about putting on it late now, you know, there's a lot of 10-year-olds that have access to tablets and, and things true, like them, true. phones. That Apps they, and everything. And yeah. they can see the highlights and everything else themselves, too. So yeah. the, the time almost gets thrown out the window. Well, that's a good point. Uh, that's a very good point. Um, WWE can control that in editing, too, but they're not going to. With this particular bit they did, they just they aired it the way it was done, the, the way they shot it live. Um, again, there was no blood there, so I, I don't think you could throw a big flag. Um, you seem like, as a dad of young kid perspective, you had more of a problem with the way Shane sold this as opposed to the actual pole shot. Yeah, absolutely. I did. I just because I, I know how my ten year old would react if he saw it. And uh, so, what do you know. think he should have done, Shane? Not not done his job to that level? No, I I guess it's ultimately this is this discussion opens up to it's really my responsibility as a parent to what uh, my yeah. kids should see and what shouldn't see, right? So. No, I guess I don't know. I guess he just I just thought he, from a parental perspective, I thought he was great. I thought like I no, was, I know, I, I know. You, you, know. you thought he did a good job, of course. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I made the wheezing kind of put it over the top, believe it or not. And people that might listen to this and haven't seen it think, oh, what are you talking about? But he he really sold it well. He did. I mean, he did a great I, job. I was you know thinking, well, maybe he is hurt. Yeah, <laughs> which no. means they're doing a good job, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he was fine on a shoot, but you know, um, <clears throat> I think I do think that. Um, like I said earlier, I think with selling, I don't know if there is a too far. Um, I do find it interesting that, uh, not picking on you, like you or any other parent, 
that it would have more of a problem with the selling. I never heard that before, as opposed to the actual physical act. I never thought of it. And, and if you want to take it back from a parental spe- perspective, too, even the, what we talked about Tuesday, the Bludgeon Brothers dropping Xavier Woods, that yeah. was hard to look at. That was, that was na- as a guy who used to take bumps, that sucked to look at. Yeah. So <laughs> I'd rather do the chair around the neck pole gimmick than that friggin' bump that they did with Xavier. That was nasty. Um, yeah, I, I think selling, like I said, my, my viewpoint... Um, and now, when my son was young, he really didn't watch wrestling much at all. Like, uh, he didn't really care about it because, you know, it, that's what dad did for a living, right? So my wife and I didn't hide him from it, hide it, hide him from it. But, you know, wrestling was, when you are a pro wrestler, um, it's a lifestyle. It's it's not a nine-to-five job. So it's not like you come home from the road and you just shut it off. Yeah, you try to shut it off. You're only home for a little while, and then you got to go train, and then you got to go to the gym. You got to do this. You got to make sure you're eating right. Well, why is daddy eating carrots and grilled chicken, and we're eating lasagna? Well, <laughs> daddy's got to go wrestle, so he can't look like a punk slug fat ass, you know? <laughs> so, oh, I got it, mom. You know, that kind of thing. Well, where's daddy going? He just got home. He's been gone for a week and a half. He's got to go to the gym. He's got to work out. Why's he got to go to the gym? Well, he's got to be in shape, so I look like a slug fat ass punk in the ring. Oh, okay, got it, mom. You know, my kid's like five. My wife's talking to him like this. It's unbelievable. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but you get my drift. I think my, my message is clear, even though it's weird. But anyway, but that's my point. So you, you kind of like the kid, you know, it's, the kids don't, I'm not saying kids of um, wrestlers all don't engage as fans and wrestlers. But a lot of guys that I knew coming up, and when I was in WWE, a lot of their kids weren't into it. Like, they just, when they got home, the last thing they wanted to talk to their kids about or have their kids even watch is wrestling. It's work. It's a job. A lot of fans don't understand that it's a real job. Like, it's just, but it's a full-time, full-time, triple full-time job because there's no downtime. You know, it's a lifestyle. You're gone. It's a grind. That small time you have home, you want to spend time with your, quality time with your family. So for me, I never had an issue like that with my kid. You know, I knew, like, a lot of my ECW stuff, and, like, I, I didn't – once um, – when he was little, I was in WWE, um, and um, I don't know, he might have been two years old, one years old, whatever he was. So once I was in WWE, starting doing commentary, I was already out of the ring. I'm trying to remember what Once he got older, once he was, like, like in middle school, like, seventh, eighth grade, you know, then I would let him watch some ECW stuff that I had, you know, just to show him where I really – you know, got over and stuff, and and because he was a little older, so what he, was his reaction when he first saw you? Do you remember? Oh, I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. he's like, so, wow, uh, my dad yeah, was yeah, killing yeah. people. Yeah, he thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was cool. You know, uh, but I think he liked Sabu more than me. Like when he was watching the stuff, because Sabu, who didn't like Sabu? He was crazy. He was cool. He did all these crazy stuff. I just did a couple of weak ass suplexes and moved on. So uh, you know, but but yeah. He thought this was on like DVDs. He thought it was cool, you know. But again, he was older, so we didn't have a problem with him watching it. But <laughs> I had those those DVDs or even tape. And when he was young, as he was like, let's say, ten years old, I wouldn't let him watch that stuff. Once he got into like seventh grade, eighth grade, like the PG thirteen, yeah, thirteen. Exactly. This, this was it, you know. And it's like, wow, who's Francine, Dad? Well, that's a whole nother <laughs> level. Easy now. k Fabe, k Fabe, k She's a lovely young lady. k Fabe, kid. So, no, Francine's great. We just had her on. She's, 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 Francine's like a freaking, she's like uh, become, she went from someone that just disappeared on social media, and now she's like a social media queen, this girl. She's everywhere. 
taking over. Over like Rova. She really is. She's doing great. She's awesome. She's a great guest, too, by the way. Um, so anyway, back to the, the topic at hand. So in closing, I do not have a problem with the selling uh, too much. Seth, I understand. I respect your opinion as a dad, uh, as a parent. I know you're a great parent. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with the selling part. Um, but I do find it interesting that your issue was more what the physical sell as opposed to what Shane was doing, uh, with the bump he took, I should say. And the funny thing is, growing up, watching being a wrestling fan, and everything. Now I'm just different because now I'm a, a dad. You know, I never really think twice about this stuff. Correct. Now yes. I have to. And a lot of people listening right now, uh, you're not dads or moms. You're, you're younger, maybe. You know, so you. But you guys had parents or have parents, so you understand what it's like from that perspective. So. You know, and uh, and when you do become a mom or dad, you'll see that <laughs> your perspective changes on everything, and you get soft like a punk ass bitch. That's basically <laughs> what happens. That's what happens. Test one too. So, that was uncalled for, but that's what I do here. It's uh, true, though. It is true. Uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna uh, yes. I'm gonna go to break here in a second, but first I want to tell you about my good friend Seth. Uh, I love these people. <sighs> Rocket City Jones. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They support the Taz Show. Therefore, you, when you're in search of a mortgage, a home, whatever, you need to support Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. See, this show uh, is supported by them big time, by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. See, and chances are you're very confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, your life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence that you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Best part, as you guys know, with Rocket Mortgage, you can apply simply, understand fully, so you can mortgage confidently. It's not hard. It's not confusing. It's not. A, it's not a mess. Okay, you don't have to deal with a bunch of paperwork and all this other garbage. You don't have to worry about that. You just get in there. You get on the Rocket Mortgage by Quicker Loans. Simple. And what you do is you go to get started. Go to RocketMortgage.com/taz. That's RocketMortgage.com/taz. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. So, all right, going to go to break. Let's start a break. Uh, we'll get into talking a little bit about, uh, you know, I'll give you some thoughts on CM Punk returning to UFC. And I'll also uh, jump in to talk about Vince McMahon. Should he be in the Hall of Fame or not? Uh, Taz Show, sit tight. Uh, yeah, uh, we're back here at Taz Show. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no! Sorry about that. Uh, we talked, uh, yeah, we talked. And uh, we're here on this Thursday. Uh, give me some thoughts and opinions on this whole CM Punk return to UFC. Talk a little bit about Vince McMahon, the Hall of Fame. I have a topic-driven show here, Seth. What's going on? It's a topic. I, I you know, I, I personally, I, I love these type of shows. Um. And this is part of, you know, I'm very open with the audience. You know, sometimes you you and these other people here in this company tell me, don't be that open. Don't tell the people nothing. Don't tell them what you're thinking. What are you, stupid? Why are you doing that? Don't tell them, Taz. What are you, stupid? You know, don't tell them. You keep them in the dark. Keep them in the dark, those mother... Keep... No, I'm not keeping them in the dark. And then Pimento's the only guy who has my back on the whole thing. He understands the connectivity. <laughs> 
just starts freaking out. Your fan base! There's a fan base! That's right, Pimento. <laughs> I think he likes what I do. I don't really know what he's saying. His five chins are flapping in the air. It's like a freaking veal cutlet hanging from the guy's chin. You know what I mean? <laughs> a raw veal cutlet. It's disgusting. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I, I'm open with the audience, and I, 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 I want to. I just, I, I like, I like just talking, talk about topics and wrestling, and it's like, yeah, I love, to, I love doing my breakdown, I breakdown NXT, that's uh, breakdown SmackDown today, guys. Like you know, yeah, you know, I go through waves with that. It gets on my nerves, right? I mean, this is true. Am I lying? Yeah, you want something to talk about. Uh, and some shows are just they're just just bland and some shows something uh, happens yeah just I, I i you know i don't need um you don't do it just for the sake of doing it you want to feel passionate about what you're talking speaking about speaking of guests like the last time this show had a guest it was francine mike johnson's not a guest he's 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 on every week he's part of the, the shtick and he's been you know coming on the show for a long time from the beginning so i don't look at i never look at mike as a guest and i mean that i don't but I mean, really, like, and Francine was like the last actual guest. Like, all these other shows, they, they, and I, I hate to be, I hate to attack, and I'm not, I don't mean to attack, but you know, they, it's guest driven, or they need guests, or they need, you know, I, I, I feel like I have a big enough connectivity with the audience, and I can talk. I don't need that stuff, and I, I can, and I have a big enough connectivity. I didn't finish my thought with the audience after, you know. What are we up to? Five hundred? It's just like five hundred and forty something. This show, five thirty something. Five forty. Five forty. Boom. So I mean, you know, after that many episodes, people kind of know who I am, and I do different things, and you know, I, uh, that's why we. I, I felt like we we changed up uh, uh, throwback snacks a little bit, giving them an HPM, and it's getting rave reviews. People love it. I'm giving a thought in the front end, and they're giving some of that. A lot of fans haven't heard that yet. They, they're newer fans to the Taz show. So, um, you know, I'm just saying, I, I I always try to reinvent what I do here, guys, for the for the show. You know, so I do. I try to change it up as much as I can. I try to keep it fresh. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy. I try to keep in the realm of wrestling as much as I humanly possibly can. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, I think that the show handles that. It does, and it's fine. So, um you know, but the whole uh, uh, the whole thing is like uh, it's just about connecting to you guys, uh, so you guys want to hear what I have to say, no matter what it is. And it sounds I'm not, I don't want to come off egotistical, uh, but it just means if I have an opinion on something, if there's a topic in wrestling that's going on, yeah, of course I'm going to give it to you. And there's be times there'll be times in the past that like we've seen where I'm going to break down a show or or get into the, a couple of matches, but. You know, I, I I would rather just come out and just talk topics, Seth. I, I just I love doing that. I love just giving thoughts on things like that. Like just talking about selling like that. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, maybe I'm overthinking it. I I think fans like it. You know what I mean? I I, I think they do. I mean, should we take a poll? Uh, no. I guess so. Yeah, if you want, you could. I, we we'd, you know we have the social media team do a poll later if you want to do it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, maybe maybe we will. Uh, but I wanted to give some quick thoughts here about CM Punk. You know, as you guys know, he's going to come back uh, to UFC in Chicago, his hometown, which, you know, he's going to get a massive reaction. He's going to get insane pop. I believe it's June 9th, Seth, right? That's correct. So um, it should be interesting. Um, I give him a lot of respect uh, right now. Just telling you right out of the box, I give him a lot of respect that um, he is getting back in there. You know, he fought Mickey Gall. 
and Mickey was a guest on the show. Uh, thanks to Brian, Video Brian, our former video director. Um, he hooked us up with, 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 with Mickey. And we had Mickey on and stuff like that. But but Punk, you know, Punk lost to Mickey, as everybody knows. And, and you know, I give I give Punk a lot of credit. I give him credit then, and I give him credit now. Uh, that he's going to get back in there. He's not, he's not ashamed. He's not embarrassed. He's going to return to the UFC. And, um, you know, he, 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 I, I, I want to assume the man is not doing this for money. He's obviously getting paid, but I, I don't think he has to, I would assume. Um, I, I respect him. I just want to tell you, I respect that. I respect him getting back on the horse, as the cliche goes. I, I do. Um, you know, and that, that, that first fight he had against Mickey, you know, he, he got he got beat up pretty bad. He got his ear was cauliflowered up pretty bad and, you know, I'm sure he had had that thing drained and cut and all this stuff. It's just a pain in the ass. And, and you know, um, you know, the world was watching. Everybody was wondering what he was going to do. And, and uh, you know, I, I just I got to tip my cap to him. Um, I, I got to tip my cap that he's going to get back in there. You know, am I surprised by this? A little. I mean, I know Punk. I don't know him that well, but I know him. I mean, I've worked with him uh, for a long enough time. Um uh, I you know I don't I don't know him enough to say yeah he's you know he's all heart and he's gonna k- get back on a horse after he when once he lost to Mickey I I wasn't qualified to say that because I didn't know him like that I I didn't know what he would do uh, so to see that he would do this and I like I said I do know him but to see him do this um, I'm impressed I'm impressed no I agree I mean it's it's, it's a, that's a tough business it's the fact that he hasn't been really been doing this since he's a little little kid like a lot of these what guys he, like have 39 40 years old he'll be 40 this year yeah in October give him a lot of um, credit. Yeah. he's got a lot of balls I mean it's to to be a wrestler to be a boxer to be a combat sports guy it's it takes a lot to just to well, get it's in a lot there. of work yeah it's a lot it's a full-time gig you know and I'm assuming he's been training or doing whatever he's doing I haven't really paid attention to much what he's doing but uh, you know, I, I I wish him the best. I hope he wins. Uh, I really do. I hope he wins. I hope he does well. I, I hope he shuts up the naysayers. I I, I hope he, I hope he does great. You know. But let's look at it from a business perspective. UFC needs names. They need star power, and CM Punk brings some star power to to it. And I think uh, he'll have a more competitive fight this time. I think they'll bring somebody in more his level. Yep. And he basically said, uh, he, he said, I, I'm going to be fighting at UFC uh, two twenty five. It is right. Yes, I think this. correct. And he said that um, I am going to win. You know, so this is what he said. So uh, this was a few days ago. I don't know if it was TMZ. I think I read that somewhere. I saw it somewhere. So you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I know he's going to be the babyface when he walks in there. I know he's not getting any younger. I mean, if he's going to be forty years old, you know, I mean, your body changes. He has it. You know, I'm sure he's been training, but he's got one fight under his belt. He was a wrestler for so long, a pro wrestler, and and. Uh, you know, we haven't seen much of him in the public eye at all, so you got to be careful uh, if you him or anybody that's looking to be back into it or names like you said for UFC, where he's been out of sight, out of mind. So you know, as the, the it's a hamster wheel, it just keeps on turning. That's how entertainment is. I don't care if it's boxing, wrestling, MMA, whatever, uh, pro sports. If you retire for two years and you come back, people forget you. You know, it's just the way it goes. It's just uh, life. Uh, life's a hamster wheel, not just entertainment. But the hamster wheel for entertainment goes even faster. So this is sports entertainment because it's a fight. It's a real fight. So, <clears throat> look, 40 years old, coming back, hometown, you know, uh, UFC 225. I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and uh, and hopefully he learned from his mistakes in the last fight. 
and is uh, ready to rock and roll. Who is he fighting anyway? Do we even know who he's fighting? No, there's just a it's rumor, not out there. Rumor you, about you know? Mike Jackson, but I, I don't. Oh, I don't know. know. I don't know. They haven't announced who he's fighting yet. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know who he's fighting either. I mean, unless I missed, I'm trying to look right now. I'm on the internet's, and I'm looking right now, and I don't see. Um, I don't know. There's Bad Bunny Slim. You guys know Bad Bunny Slim. Bad Bunny Slim tweeted. I agree with Taz. This is on the, on Twitter. It's only one hour, twice a week. Uh, no breakdowns needed. Just thoughts, opinions, big spots. Yes, that's it. Bad Bunny Slim. Thank you. You get it. There's no reason. I mean, there's no reason. I just want to talk to you people. I, on, on Taz and the Moose, I don't really talk a lot of wrestling at all. It's full sports throttle in your face. So I need to be able to talk about the business a little bit, what's going on in the business. I, you know, it just, just works. Seth, you look very uninspired. Are you okay? I'm good. I was also thinking, like, you don't only cover sports. You cover music. You know, you cover <laughs> disco. Today, there was music covered. That's <laughs> true. On the Taz and the Moose show. You spin me right round. You spin me right round, baby, right round. Yes, that song, old disco, I call it. I've learned that it's not old disco. But new I wave. I still think it is. Yes. It's not new wave. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> that singer not. died two years ago. Oh, that's sad. Unfortunately. I didn't know that. Yes. I did not know that. Well, um... So here's the thing. I'm wondering, right, uh, the question put out there about Vince McMahon, right? So should Vince McMahon now be put in the Hall of Fame before he dies? Now, Seth, you asked me this a couple of weeks ago. You're the one who brought it up. You're the one who sparked me with this. Hence why you are such a great, awesome producer. Who wants to walk with Elias? So I will tell you. Uh, I will answer these questions for you, and I will give you opinions on Vince McMahon. Does Vince McMahon belong in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a question of a doubt, he yes. belongs in the Hall of Fame. I mean, here's the problem. It's his Hall of Fame. So <laughs> that's where it gets a little clunky, right? So, um, you know, how does that work? Yeah, sure, he can put himself in. Ego Jones, no doubt. But it'll look very self-serving, as I like to say. Um, I don't picture Vince... Doing that any way, shape, or form, if he gets put in the Hall of Fame, and this is why I think you posed a question to me behind the scenes a couple of weeks ago, Seth, it will be uh, once, and unfortunately Vince is no longer with us here on Earth, um, which I'm, I hope they got lives forever, but, you know, I mean, uh, but if that ever, we all are going to leave here eventually. So uh, once he departs, then I would assume that his family and stuff, uh, uh, they will put him in the Hall of Fame. Um I don't know, man. I, I I think that he should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. But like I said, it's a very hard thing. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon has done a lot for the wrestling business, like a ton, not just a lot. I think a lot is a horrible job by me. That's a gross understatement. He has done what well, it sounds like me trying to lobby to get into the Hall of Fame. I'm like putting him over. He's done so much for the business, Vince. He really has. Uh, you ask anyone on the street who's the number one guy who, who, uh, behind professional wrestling's popularity, and then it's going to be Vince. Vince McMahon. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. So, um, no, there's no doubt about it. I agree. So that's why it's like I've witnessed it. I've been privileged to witness it for a lot of years being there and working closely with Vince, you know, uh, as an announcer. When I was a wrestler, not really, but as an announcer, I, I did work closely with him. I mean, not not just, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times we'd work together with me and Michael Cole in the studio. He'd work with us a little bit here and there. I obviously had TVs. We'd have meetings before the, the TV tapings or live TVs. Uh, on the plane, on his plane, a lot of chats and stuff like that about business. So I really got to know Vince a lot um, once I became a commentator. He helped me a lot. He did. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. He would talk in my ear like a lot of commentators and play-by-play guys and talk in your ear and overproduce you. Yes, he's guilty of that. I think he'd be the first one to admit that. Um, but um, I also learned a lot more from him than I was annoyed by him with the overproducing. I mean, I learned a lot about the business. I thought I knew. I was going in, I don't know, what was I, a 12-, 13-year veteran, by a 14-year veteran. By the time I was commentating, I don't even know the years, but I had a lot of years under my belt as a champion and all this stuff, and different titles. Not bragging, but just being honest. And I went in there, and once I became a commentator, I was like, wow, I, I wish I knew this while I was wrestling. Like, learned a lot of, like, little intricate things. It's hard to explain in one show, but um, super smart, uh, Vince. And amazing promoter with marketing and just his pulse, his fingers on the pulse of how to get things over. That's how it was then. I mean, he's getting older now. Things are changing. We know that. But I will tell you, the one thing about that guy um, is, you might have heard me say it, all the people say it before, um, his love, his true love is the wrestling industry, or he'll call it sports entertainment publicly, whatever he wants to call it, wrestling. His true love is this business. Um, that might not shock a lot of you, but it's the true, it's like really true, true. Like I'm talking about like uh, obsessed with the business, like works nonstop. Like, nonstop. You know, he'd be on vacation, like, he, I, I don't know what he has now, but at that time he had, like, an unbelievable, plush, crazy, like, condo, like, insane, like, in Miami, like, on the water, like, freaky stuff, like, unbelievable. <laughs> and had, like, an elevator that went up, like, from the water, like, really wacky, you know? i never been there, but I heard enough about it. And the riders, he'd fly the riders down there while he was, like, down there chilling with a little downtime to work. Oh, They'd work like in his, I guess he had like a conference room in this this giant condo or what he had. And so I'm like, are you really? I would say, Vince, are you really on vacation? Nah, pal, got to keep going, man. Jeez. Just got to keep going. <laughs> He's just a master of grinding, you know, master of grinding. And, and you know, and I, I was inspired by him. A lot of us were. Um, so, and the work he did with you from a commentary standpoint, I'm sure a lot of people know he, he did do play-by-play for over 20 years. Wow, long time, a lot of years. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, he just, you know, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. It's just he'll never do it as long as he's alive. He would not allow it to happen. Like, he would just, I'm just telling you, he's not like that. He would not allow it to happen. Same reason why Triple H is not in the Hall of Fame. No, let's be honest. That's who, at the end of the day, from what I understand, the two men that decide who goes in the Hall of Fame are those two men. So, you know, Vince and Triple H. So, uh, Triple H is another guy who belongs in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Sure, he got pushed to the moon, and you know, from a political standpoint, you know, he was he had to choose to get pushed, uh, but he carried the push, even though he helped. Uh, it was self-serving to get that push, but he was able to get over with the people. Yeah, yeah, he was pushed hard, but he was always a very good worker. I've wrestled him, and very talented in the ring, and great on a mic. You know, um, great physique, great look, everything. Big son of a bitch, you know. Um, you know, any company that pushed him, if he wasn't, you know, super in tight with the office, uh, he still would have got over. You know, he was, he was that good in the ring. So, um, he belongs in the Hall of Fame, Triple H, and Vince McMahon does too. So, um, and um, I don't think they'd go that far with Triple H. I don't. I I see him turning that down for the same reasons why I said Vince. I don't. I just don't think 
it's a bad look, you know, if you if you put yourself in the Hall of Fame. Maybe they know? put DX in, in that way, uh, you know, as as a faction, like they put uh, the Four Horsemen maybe, in. Maybe, yeah, maybe something like that. Could be, could be. I don't know. It, it takes a spotlight be. off him a little bit. Yeah, good point. I mean, that could be. Um, definitely could be. You know, I mean, the Hall of Fame. I, I, you know, I've talked about this a long time ago here on the Taz Show. You know, they, they, I remember. Um, so many conversations and being there and just hearing them close in close, not in production meetings, like on the plane or whatever, just the desire for them to have an actual physical building someplace of an actual Hall of Fame. And that was years ago. These conversations, Vince was like hell-bent on it. I have no idea why this has not happened. Now, we know in Florida they got the Performance Center and they're building this almost like a theme, not a theme park, but you know what I mean, that kind of feel. So we've heard a lot that it might be down in Florida and all that, which is great. Look, they got the money. Real estate's not that hard to find. I mean, I just don't understand why it hasn't happened. <laughs> I got to be honest. <clears throat> I got to be honest. You know, I don't know if they're still trying to get more people in it so they could fill it up with different busts and plaques and pitches or video, or whatever they're going to do in there. I'm sure it's going to be state-of-the-art and awesome, but I'm just shocked it hasn't been done yet. Now, if it's in production or something like that, then tweet me, tell me, because I never heard that. Maybe maybe, I, maybe that's happening and, and I didn't hear it. I don't know. There was an article about it two years ago about doing it in Orlando. Like you said, they're going to open a physical Hall of Fame in Orlando. Yeah. But I, I don't yeah, – it yeah. obviously hasn't happened yet. No, no, I don't know, man. It's – um. I just I'm shocked that it hasn't happened. I don't understand what the holdup is. I really don't know. Because um, there are a lot of people in that Hall of Fame before they started doing the thing on TV on Saturday night. So you younger fans, listen to me. You might think that you know it just this thing started like seven or eight or ten years ago. There's guys in the, the guy who trained me, Johnny Rods, the unpredictable Johnny Rods. He's in the Hall of Fame. From like the early from the nineties, they put them in these guys. They used to have like a little dinner. They used to have like a, a yeah. little, you yeah, know, it was little a quaint little thing. Which you know, now they blew it up to a show. You know, a massive, massive show. And I was there in attendance for a lot of them. And it, yeah, and I, maybe you could check what year Johnny Rods went in the Hall of Fame. But you know, and Johnny wasn't a big star there. He was an underneath guy. Johnny got guys over. Um, ninety six. Ninety six. So see, Johnny got guys over, but. Uh, does it say who else went in there with him? Like what class? I think a chance. That's not the Cauliflower Alley Club, right? That's the WWE, WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, because I was there for Johnny with the Cauliflower Alley, Luthes, and all that. So I was young, man. Um, but anyway, uh, Johnny got in. That's a perfect example of a guy getting in that was not a big star and wasn't making zillions of dollars and wasn't pushed like Hulk Hogan back then or Randy Savage. But he was a guy who got guys over the ring and was respected as a wrestler and worked for a lot of years for Vince McMahon Sr. and this current Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon Jr. So, you know, uh, Johnny got in for his pure work rate uh, and and wasn't pushed. And um, they don't do that anymore. I mean, you don't have guys that are putting guys over like that anymore. But, you know, now it's become a show, so they're trying to get numbers and downloads and all this other crap. So they're looking for guy, a lot of not 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 this doesn't apply to all the wrestlers that go in, but they're looking for like Kid Rock going in entertainment, or could the connectivity of him playing a song there, or the music he's done there, or he'll play at WrestleMania, or whatever in New Orleans again, you know, like something like that. You know what I mean? Like when you're putting Johnny Rods in, it wasn't about that. Who else is in there? Uh, from '96, you had Baron Mikel Sukluna, who's yep. kind of similar yeah, to Johnny, similar, a little bit of a better push. From the Isle of Malta. That's where he was from. You don't know if you remember that. But I that's do what remember they, that. They built him. The Isle of Malta. Yeah, good. Captain Lou. Oh, 
Superfly. Yep, yep. Killer Kowalski. Yep. Uh, Pat Patterson. For those that don't know Kowalski, that's who trained Triple H. Uh, and you said Pat Patterson, too. Also, Pat went in when uh, Johnny went in. Okay, so. But Triple H put Killer Kowalski in. Oh, he did. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, and yeah, Bret yeah. Hart put Pat Patterson in, and Vincent J. McMahon also oh, okay. put in. Okay, so that's interesting. So I'm just saying, like, that's when the Hall of Fame, so that was in 1996, and I think it was being done before then, too. Started so, in 93 with Andre the Giant. Oh, I didn't know that. That I didn't know. I'm glad you told me that. I did not know that. So, yeah, you know, so it's like that's the thing. For you younger folks out there, like, this Hall of Fame thing is not like a – not. it didn't used to be on TV. It didn't used to – they were putting guys in that that, that actually, you know, d- deserved it. And, again, I'm a Kid Rock fan for the music. I like Pete Rose and he played baseball. Uh, they don't belong in Hall of Fame. You know, Sylvester uh, uh, Stallone was great and Rocky. Uh, Adrian! But, you know, he don't blow it off. <laughs> Come on. Captain Kirk was cool. You know, Captain Kirk was cool. He was. Right? He, Yeah, because he he's uh, he's in there, Captain Kirk, right? What's his name? William Shatner? Yes. Right? No, William Shatner, right? That's his name? Yes. William Shatner. William? Is it William Shatner? It is. Oh, yeah. Don't get hot. I just want to make sure I know. His friends call him Bill. Oh, Bill. Oh! Bill. Yeah, he was um, <laughs> he was good friends with, uh, with uh, what's his name? Jerry the King Lawler. Did you know that? That's how he basically got in. Like, you know, Jerry Jerry helped him, I guess, went to Vince. I don't know what, you know, and then put him in the Hall of Fame, you know. So, I, you know, I mean, I remember I was there for that one. I, I don't, you know, I mean, he was great in Star Trek. He was a great actor. Full stop, Mr. Check. I'll hold your position. I understand that. But but I'm just saying, like, you know, it's just, I'm not going to the Hall of Fame. What are you saying? Real, uh, one thing interesting, too, they stopped in, after 96, and they didn't pick it up again until 2004 with the Hall of Fame. Hmm, interesting yeah. turn of events. Yes. That right there shows you it's a little fugazi, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, really, like, what are you doing? You, imagine the NFL did that. Uh, we're not going to put guys in for five years or seven years. Or, or Major League Baseball did that. Or the NBA says, ah, oh, you know, we got this great place up in Springfield, Massachusetts, NBA uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, we're not doing that this year. Next year either. Like, what? You know, it's, that's the problem. Like, yeah, well, I guess they hit some potholes, whatever the reasons was why they didn't do it then. But they probably had thoughts and opinions to amp it up and make money with it. So... Um, whatever. But the bottom line is to wrap this thing up. Uh, Vince McMahon definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame. I really doubt you'll see it happen. I think once he's no longer with us and he departs us here, then he'll be uh, then he'll be in it. That's what I think is going to happen. So, also uh, real quick for our wrap, uh, we're going to do a, a cool throwback snack for tomorrow. Uh, we're going back in time again. We're going HPM. We're going HPM with uh, top ten strongest wrestlers. Okay, old school. Old School Jones, and uh, on the front of that, uh, I'm going to talk about Braun Strowman a little bit, about Strongman and about Braun and all that stuff, and I want to give some thoughts on that because when we did that, HPM, Seth, me, you, and Mike Snape was on that one too? Correct. Uh, Braun Strowman was not uh, in the forefront at all. you know. So looking forward to that tomorrow, so keep your eyes peeled for that throwback snack, Jones. All right, for Seth here and everybody here at uh, the Gimmick Snape's Front and Burner, I'm at the Gimmick Clubhouse. I'm Taz, you're not. Talk to you later, Mike. Now my circle is getting smaller, all these people acting fake, man. And to be